Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, Armorall, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every $20 you spend on Armorall products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at Armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to the Bike Radar podcast, brought to you from the team behind Cycling Plus, MBUK and BikeRadar.com. Hello and welcome to the Bike Radar podcast. I'm Janet Luke and today I am joined by Matthew Loveridge, who is going to talk us through one of the worst kept secrets in the cycling industry. Indeed, that is the news that today, after months of teasing, Shimano's Dura-Ace 12-speed 9,200 group set is finally here. Now, the lucky Matthew, who's on the other end of this call, has been very fortunate enough to be riding the new group set. And he's going to be talking us through all the key bits you need to know about the new group set. And I'm afraid at the very end of the podcast, we have some rather grave news. But listen to the end to find out what's going on. Matthew. Give us the key stats, the key juicy info we need to know about Shimano's new Dura Ace group set. As you say, worst kept secret in the bike industry. Uh, new Dura Ace R9200 is 12 speed. It's electronic and it's electronic only. So this marks the end of the road for mechanical Dura Ace, which is a pretty big moment because mechanical Dura Ace has been the kind of flagship prestige product for Shimano for years and years and years. Uh, but it is no more because pros don't need it. Rich amateurs probably don't buy it very often anymore. And so it's electronic only. And the new group set comes in two flavors. You can have disc brake and there is still a rim brake version. But Shimano has focused most of its development on the disc brake version. And it's got new and very striking shifters, whereas the rim brake version looks almost identical to the previous generation, and I think probably shares quite a few parts with the previous generation. Now, before we get too in-depth with Durace, we should also mention that alongside this launch, Shimano has also fully refreshed its Altegra lineup, which is Shimano's second-tier road group set, and that's Altegra R8100. And there's a lot of similarities between the two. We're not going to go over both today in this podcast. We are going to focus our energy on Durace, but if you want to get the full scoop on Altegra and Durace, head to bikeradar.com. We've got very in-depth articles and soon to have first rides 
on both of them. So head over there if you want to hear about Altegra. Now, Matthew, I've got one simple question. Before you tell about anything I want to know about Juris, is it nice? It's very nice. Um, it's not very surprising. We did perhaps hope, we've talked about this before on the podcast, that Shimano might do something a bit radical, but it's quite a conservative product. It, it's got loads and loads of refinements, um, and it's got an extra gear because it's 12-speed, where our 9100 was 11-speed, but it doesn't do anything really revolutionary on the gearing front it's still two by only for example and all the cassettes start with an 11 tooth cog and aesthetically it is if anything even less dramatic looking than our 9100 i was really hoping for a return to the beauty of dura ace 9000 with its wonderful two-tone silver and black design but sadly shimano has gone in the other direction so it's dropped the fade that our 9100 had and now it's basically just all glossy black components. Mm. Yes, I have to say I, I am on the same page as you there, where it is a striking and I, would, I dare say a very nice looking group set. You know, it, it certainly isn't ugly by any stretch, but I certainly wouldn't have complained if there was some shiny silver bits in there because I'm a tech magpie and such things appeal to me. So it's going to be fully electronic, as you said, but... It does have one little trick up its sleeve, which is very different from the prior generation to DI2. Yes. Uh, so new Duras is semi-wireless, or at least it is in its disc brake configuration. Essentially, the derailleurs and the main central battery are wired to one another, but the levers are completely wireless. They're powered by little coin cells, and they're not physically connected to the rest of the system. All of the, the wireless intelligence is in the rear derailleur, so that's talking to both shifters, and then it's the rear derailleur is sending signals via the junction at the battery to the front derailleur as well. I did say it's only the disc version, so the rim brake version, the shifters are very much like the previous generation, although one key change is that the whole system now has new, thinner wiring. So while... I think there probably will be some compatibility with the old system, possibly using an adapter. It's not simply the same parts again. Yes, it's um, you know the kind of intercompatibility between the prior generation group set and the new one isn't still totally clear to us. I would say it's it's maybe a bit better than say SRAM with this AXS stuff. There is a bit, you know, although you might get kind of uh, interchangeability between different levels in the same generation of group set, it does look like also on the time trial front as well with Durace, that there will be a bit more compatibility there. But exactly how that's going to lay out remains to be seen. I'm sure when the tech documents go up on SI Shimano, there'll be plenty for us to nerd out over in that regard. Uh, and there'll be Lots awesome. of reading pleasure ahead of us, for oh, sure. Oh, absolutely, no doubt. Um, and with the, uh, the new setup, am I right in saying that there is one central battery? We're not moving to kind of separate single battery as you see as you see on SRAM's wireless group sets. Yeah, so fundamentally it's not changed in that respect. It's a central battery that will live inside the frame or inside your seat post. Uh, what has changed is that you now charge it via a port on the rear derailleur where previously there was a junction box that might be either in the down tube of your bike or in the end of the handlebar. Um, so that's part of the way they've kind of streamlined the thing. Also, all of those junction box functions have essentially been relocated to the rear derailleur. Yes, from a kind of mechanics perspective, like sure, it's never going to be as easy as the literally bolting on components of, of ETAP, 
but with the thinner wires and not having to root through the cockpit of fully integrated bikes sure it's going to be a much much easier group set to live with overall and as you've said several times in discussions we've had when we've been nerding about this you know ultimately you're only ever fitting it once so it's kind of a nicer compromise where you do get that bigger central battery there's not little batteries to work about i guess it really depends on what people want from their group set but for me i quite like the idea of a big central battery that's just me yeah um, and the battery life is pretty good for practical purposes like all of the systems on the market have enough battery life uh with SRAM's ETAP access group sets it's those separate batteries and I think it depends a lot on how you use them but typically getting like a few weeks or a month or two of riding would be quite normal with ETAP with old Durace you could sometimes go many months without charging and I think the capacity has actually shrunk slightly but Shimano says you're still going to get they reckon about a thousand kilometers of riding which is quite a lot it's quite a lot of kilometers yeah, I mean, it's no hardship keeping that charged. Uh, and then the coin cells and the shifters, Shimano says, will last about one and a half to two years. So again, that's, I guess, such a long time that the danger is that you just forget. Oh, I could guarantee I absolutely would forget. 100%. That is me written all over. Um, now, at a less obvious level, we'll say there has also been improvements to shifting according to shimano yeah so they've basically they've made the shifting faster and better in every way um they, they've got specific numbers associated with it. they say the rear shifting is 58 percent faster the front's 45 having ridden it i would say that the front shifting is the more noticeable change actually despite being the smaller number and it really is i don't think i'm jumping the gun saying here it's the best front shifting on the market of all group sets from all brands it really is pretty exceptional and also at the rear they've now adopted what they call hyperglide plus for the cassettes which is a design concept that i think originated with xtr m9100 and it's basically where there are ramps to take the chain both up and down the cassette and shimano says this is shockless shifting in quotes and the idea is that you can shift under essentially full pedaling load you don't need to ease up and again i have found that it does work. I mean, you can, if you're an absolute savage, you can still get it to crash <laughs> through gears if you're trying to shift at really, really low cadence, very, very high torque in a way that would be very unnatural. But in normal riding, it's pretty bulletproof. I've used the Hyperglide stuff, oh, sorry, Hyperglide Plus stuff on the mountain bike group sets and it's pretty uncanny. Um, just for the sake of clarity, Hyperglide has been around for a very, very long time in Shimano and that sees ramps and pins for shifting up the cassette as in into a larger cog the difference here is that it's for going into smaller cogs and it, it does work it's a very very clever system and quite infallible in my experience i'm particularly keen to play with the front shifting i'm a double man double man to the grave matthew uh, i don't think one buyer will ever be for me on the road so the thought of even faster shifting should i ever get my hands on one of these group sets is certainly a tantalizing idea I'm with you on the uh, double thing for the road. It's obviously very noticeable that Shimano has zero interest in one by for the road. They've offered it on the gravel side with GRX, but I can't see them doing it on the pure roadside anytime soon. And also their approach to gearing hasn't really changed radically. What they have done is they've tweaked things slightly. So they've stuck with cassettes that start with an 11 to 11 tooth cog, but they've changed the grouping of gears in the middle of the cassette slightly to give you 
a slightly nicer progression in those really commonly used gears in the like six, seven, eight in the middle of the cassette. Um, and the other thing they've done is that their standard double crank, i.e. the biggest crank they offer, is now a 5440 instead of a 5339. That's an absolutely massive set of chain rings, which will make pros happy. I'm sure it's probably not that relevant to most <laughs> of us, but Shimano does note in its press material that larger um, cranks, chain rings, and cogs are more mechanically efficient. And I can't help but see that as a little bit of a middle finger to SRAM and its 10-tooth cogs and Campagnolo and its 9-tooth cogs. I couldn't be drawn on such a discussion, Matthew. It'd be deeply unprofessional of me. Moving back to the front, the shifters, visually, they've kind of very much been refined, changed, whatever you want to say. Ergonomically, Matthew, how have you found the new shifters and what are the key differences compared to the old ones? It's going to sound like I'm just fluffing Shimano here, but they are very nice and very comfortable. Aesthetically, there's a huge change. So previously, basically the whole brake lever was exposed, including the bit that moved above the pivot. Now that bit above the pivot is completely hidden, so that's where your master cylinder is. Um, again, we're only talking about the disc version. Rim brake version doesn't really look it any different to before. the same. Like it's, it, it's, yeah, it's yeah. Bit virtually identical. Um, and then ergonomically, they've made the whole thing slightly bigger. It's not it's not huge, and I liked the old small shifters, and I still really like the new ones, even though they are a bit bigger. And they've also kind of curved the whole body inward slightly to give a more natural feel when you've got your hands wrapped around it. And they've also made the DI2 buttons a little bit easier to differentiate, which was something that DI2 was always criticised for, particularly if you are wearing gloves in the winter, for example. On the um, rim brake side, has the shifter body changed at all? Because I've you know, i ridden a handful of, uh, a handful, that's quite funny, a handful of uh, 9100 rim brake DI2 group sets, so that's 9150. And the shifters are tiny. They are absolutely minuscule. I do wonder if they've maybe, have they made them any bigger on 9200? So I'm not actually 100% sure about this. I think not. I you can see from the images we've got, because I haven't physically laid hands on the rim brake version yet, that the um, the hood rubbers do look different, but I think that might just be a styling thing. They've just changed the sort of grip pattern on them. But in terms of overall kind of form factor, they look the same to me, so I wouldn't be surprised if they... I think essentially Shimano has reused about 95% of the old rim brake shifters because the focus just isn't on that side of the tech anymore it's just not that important to them the one other thing i was going to talk about with the new, new disc levers is uh the now servo wave which is uh braking technology they've it's had on the mountain bike side for years um it's on the grx stuff as well um and it's essentially making the relationship between lever travel and pad travel non-linear so that basically you pull your lever the pads move in very quickly initially and then you trade that pad speed in the, in the latter part of the stroke for modulation and power. And that's supposed to give you nicer braking feel overall. And they've also reduced the amount of free stroke, which is just quite nice because it means the braking is very, very immediate. And I can say that the brakes are really good. I, if I'm really honest, I don't think I've ever noticed the difference with Servo Wave and I've ridden the GRX group sets. Perhaps I'm just not as finely attuned with my braking as you are, Matthew, but I, I remain sceptical that it actually makes a meaningful difference. I, I do think that when it comes to your brakes, I think we all 
adapt to what we've got. So you don't need servo wave by any stretch. And, you know, Shimano's road disc brakes have been very good and very effective right from the start. But these are particularly good, let's say. It's all very iterative changes. I think that's the kind of headline story here with Juris. There's nothing revolutionary, as you said, and it's all refinements that will delight cycling journalists and the wealthy. Um, and it's a question of, obviously, we're going to see on Altegra, as you can see on the site. Will it go to 105? A lot of this stuff will trickle down. Time will tell. But it's still nice to look at fancy, expensive bike parts, isn't it, Matthew? Back in the rear derailleur briefly, you touched on it before, but... They have also expanded the capacity of the rear derailleur quite considerably compared to Juris, which prior to this was very, very, very much treated as the pro-only gearing group set, which previously maxed out at 30 teeth. Now you can have a practically touring-friendly 34 tooth at the back. Yeah, that's a very welcome change. It's always been funny that Juris didn't offer as wide a choice of gearing options as Altegra, and that has now changed, which is great because... Lots of people want lower gears on their bikes, particularly as the trend moves towards slightly bigger tires and things and people mixing up their road riding with some gravel stuff. Because while Shimano would probably prefer that you put GRX on a gravel bike, I'm sure some Dura-Ace group sets are going to dabble in gravel. Yes, definitely. Uh, and then looking on the crank set, you know, if you're looking at a bike from its side-on view, it's probably the most distinctive change. It's got a more kind of angular sort of flatter face overall as well as that more simple black understated look but the power meter has also been upgraded or updated i should say with this new group set hasn't it yeah it's um it's a dual-sided power meter it's got all the connectivity you'd expect bluetooth and ant plus claims to have 300 hours of battery life and one and a half percent strain gauge accuracy i mean it's all kind of what you'd expect but it's obviously a very important product because there's been a move with group set manufacturers towards having the parameter as part of their own group set rather than having third-party stuff mixed in and so shimano wants to make sure that it's you know good oh one nice thing about the um crank incidentally is that it's available in quite a wide range of crank arm lengths from 160 millimeters to 177.5 millimeters which means there's lots of scope to experiment. Um, we did a very good feature, I think, last year on Bike Radar about crank length and why you might consider going to shorter cranks. It's well worth having a read of that. And given the choice, I'd definitely be experimenting with a shorter one right now. Mm. Yes. Yeah, why not? Actually, just a very boring question, Matthew, but one I can't help but ask. But with the cranks, is it still the same pinch bolt design on the non-drive side for the crank sets or have they moved to the more... Because I remember a while ago, I think it was with XCRM 9100, they were moving to more just a single bolt to press the non-drive side crank arm on. You're giving me doubts now. I don't have it in front of me. No, it is the same design. <laughs> Good. Okay, that's fine. Well, there you go. <laughs> you don't have to buy any new tools, hopefully, to swap around cranks or bottom brackets. That would be nice. Finally, there's, there is lots more to talk about, but really, uh, I really mean it. Read it on Bike Radar. It's definitely a better way to get into all the nitty gritty details of the boring small components, all that kind of stuff. But quite a notable change with this group set is that Shimano's wheel line, so there's a whole new line of Durious wheels, I think just feels a lot, lot more refined and more part of the family than it has in previous years. So talk us through the new wheels, Matthew. Yeah, so these are wheels that are actually quite interesting and desirable with 
Previously, Shimano has been very conservative with its wheel specs. Basically, um, it's all carbon, the GRS stuff, and they're offering 36 millimeter, 50 millimeter, and 60 millimeter depths. On the disc brake side, you've got a choice of tubeless ready clincher or tubular. And then there is also on the rim brake side still a tubular option. And to be honest, I think they've probably kept that in the range for the tiny minority of pro teams that are still using rim brakes and tubulars. But really the interesting wheel sets are the tubeless ready clinchers because they've got reasonably competitive weights, good internal widths. The 21 mil internal, which is a really nice width for most road tires, whether it's a 25 or a 28 mil. Um, And externally they're 28 millimeters, which isn't as extremely bulbously wide as some of the competition, but it's wide enough to be kind of up there aerodynamically. And Shimano does say that they've made some aerodynamic gains, although the numbers they're quoting are quite small. Yes, and the uh, wheels themselves have actually moved to a slightly different freehub design, haven't they? Where it's more like DT Swiss's star ratchet system now. Yeah, they're calling it direct engagement, um, and it does seem to be very similar to DT Swiss's ratchet system, where you've got interlocking faces that will engage in one direction and freewheel in the other direction. Um, we know from experience that style of hub usually works quite well, um, and that it saves weight over the sort of old free hub design that Shimano always used, and is probably more reliable than a pull-based system, although that is obviously subject to exactly how they do it. And finally, Matthew, a little while ago, probably about two years ago now, Shimano released a non-series cartridge-bearing hub into its line, which I believe was specced on some OEM e-bike wheels. Now, I'm a big cup and cone man. I love a cup and cone bearing. Can you tell me whether or not the wheels do indeed still run on classic cup and cone bearings? You're looking quite pensive on the other side of this call. Do you not know the answer to this? I actually don't know the answer to this. I'm pretty sure they're cup and cone. I'll be horrified if they're not. That that would be a sea change for Shimano because Durace hubs are like the definitive cup and cone hub. Campagnolo may disagree. Um, <laughs> but yeah, um, don't quote me on this. Pretty sure they are. <laughs> Well, we will absolutely endeavour to find out because that it would really upset me, Matthew, if they moved away from cup and cone. There's nothing more satisfying than perfectly setting up a cup and cone hub. So you better have stuck with them, Shimano. Now, there's plenty more to go. Just very quickly, Matthew, give us your kind of key first off initial riding impressions for the, the, the many, the majority who won't get to ever touch Durace, including me, or certainly not for quite some time when it's actually available. What's it like to play with the latest and greatest in road cycling tech? It just works really, really well. It won't necessarily excite people. I mean, the, the Part of the problem was that R9100 was so, so good. And if you've got that group set, there is no rational argument for upgrading to R9200. But if you want the very best... It's really, really good, and it has all of those refinements that make it interesting and worthwhile. Um, All the specs are very up-to-date. Of course, it's very expensive. A complete non-power meter group set at retail pricing will come in somewhere just under about £3,700 in the UK. (laughs) That is so much money. In the past, retail pricing didn't mean very much for group sets. 
But with the massive demand for bike components at the moment and the supply chain problems that have affected the whole industry, people are paying much closer to retail prices. So, you know, this is going to cost you if you want this group set. And you're only going to be seeing it on really properly expensive bikes, stuff that's maybe, I don't know, eight or nine thousand pounds and upwards for a complete bike. That is that is absolutely wild. Almost four grand. In fact, tickle me. How much would it cost for it with a power meter uh, version included? I uh, I have the price list here. Um, the power meter, I believe, adds. Okay, so the the regular crank on its own is five hundred and fifty pounds, right? Bargain. Bargain. The power meter version of the cranks, and this is just a crank, not a group set, not a crank including a bottom bracket. This is just a crank with chain rings. Is twelve hundred quid. <laughs> That's just wild. Which, wow, this really is the which, 1% of group set. If you turn the clock back to when I bought myself a Dura-Ace 9000 group set about a decade ago, that was more than the entire group set cost. That's so funny, Matthew. How times change. Pricing's not the only thing that's increased as well. And if you pay close attention to Shimano's uh, claimed weights table, which I will say in Shimano's defense is very, very specific which often gives me some, um, what would you say, confidence in the numbers. I don't believe they're trying to butter them up. If you look at Shimano's numbers, they'll say that a equivalent Durace 9,100 group sets of the previous generation would weigh 2,403 grams. Whereas they're saying the new group set, if you kind of had almost like for like uh, components, would weigh 2,438 grams, a whopping 30... Uh, whatever, 35 35. I'm a writer, not a mathematician, Matthew. A 35-gram increase uh, over the previous generation, which is absolutely nothing. It doesn't matter. It simply is an inconsequential number. But interestingly, they haven't chased massive weight savings with the new group set. Yeah, if you look at the numbers, because Shimano provided a full breakdown, you can see that some components have gone up very slightly and some have gone down. But it comes out in the wash that there is in total a very slight increase. Obviously, it's not surprising, for example, that the cassette gets slightly heavier because it's got an extra cog on it. But then there are other areas where you might not necessarily expect small increases or decreases. In some ways, I find it kind of reassuring. It's quite a light group set to begin with. Mm. Um, and, you know, that does you do start to ask questions about reliability if you're shaving off weight excessively. And I can't fault Shimano for their honesty on this front because they could have completely glossed over this fact. They gave us a complete table of weights, very, very open about that. And I don't think all group set makers would have been. Yes, I think that's a very fair thing to say. Yeah. Also, I, I simply wouldn't care if I was buying Durace. Not that I ever will, but if I ever was in a position where I could buy Durace, I would be buying it for its performance and aesthetics rather than it's lightweight credentials because, Matthew, if I wanted the lightest weight bike possible, I'd ride by Hill Climb Fixie. <laughs> anyway, so that's pretty much all the key stuff you need to know about Shimano's new Durace group set. As I've said many times, we do have articles all over Bike Radar. There's lots and lots to read about. You can really get your nerdy teeth stuck into every juicy detail. There is, of course, also a full video with the delightful Matthew Loveridge talking us through the new group set. And... Don't forget to look at all the Altegra coverage as well. That is almost as big, if not a bigger story than Dura Ace because it affects, or certainly will be used by many, many more people. So 
do check that one out as well. And finally, we have some bad news to share. Well, certainly bad for me. Matthew, on you go. So um, I am leaving Bike Radar. In fact, I am recording this on my uh, penultimate day at the biggest bike website in the world. Um, I'm leaving for Pastures New. If you want to find out where I'm going, follow me on Instagram, at Matthew C. Loveridge. <laughs> but I just want to say thank you very much to everyone who's listened to our podcasts, read our excellent articles, watched our videos. Um, it's been an absolute pleasure talking about nothing but bicycles with all of you. And I will miss Bike Radar very much. So yeah, goodbye. Well, you'll miss Bike Radar a bit. You won't miss Bike Radar as much as you'll miss working with me, Matthew. That's true, uh, Jack. <laughs> I'm very sad to see you go, but we'll be keeping a close eye on you in the future. Anyway, thank you very much for listening. Do check out those articles, check out the video, and don't forget to subscribe to our podcast wherever you listen. Give us a nice rating if you think we deserve one. I'm sure, of course, we do. And if you do have any comments or questions, there will be an associated article on the site as well as the articles on juries. Ask any questions there. We do pay close attention to them and we always like to help out where we can. Thank you again and goodbye. Goodbye. Thank you for listening to the Bike Radar podcast. If you want any more information on what we've been talking about or more news and views on cycling, check out bikeradar.com. Bike Radar.